spooky movie season. <laughs> um, I watched one uh, recently. I really don't want to spend almost any time on this because there's other stuff uh, that we both want to talk about. But um, the movie As Above, So Below, I I thought I hadn't seen it. I definitely had. It was a fuzzy film. I remembered as I went. And it was so good. Like, I really like it. A fantastic found footage film, but its ratings are terrible. And I cannot Not just figure bad. out why. Not it's, mixed reviews. Yeah. Bad. It's literally like I don't know. 28% on Rotten Tomatoes. I remember our mutual friend, for those listening, Mitchell reaching out to me about seeing it and being like, did you watch that? And I remember telling him, like, I think that's bad. I watched it. I remember liking it, but I think it's actually bad. You know what I mean? How can, how that yeah. can happen? There's like points in your life where you do that. You're just like, uh, I don't know. The critics say, but like, right. fuck that. This movie's awesome. Yeah. Like it, it was, does found footage in a good. really cool, creepy way. And it elevates it with its story being what it is. Yeah. I highly suggest it for That's anyone listening well to. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Check it out and let us know if. Uh, yeah. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe both of us yeah. just had a great experience <laughs> yeah. with a bad movie, which yeah. happens all the time. And that's cool, too. What about you? You've been uh, spooked by anything recently? So I got a lot of messages from a lot of friends asking, hey, man, have you checked out uh, Bly Manor yet? Have you checked out Haunting of Bly Manor? Because I loved Haunting of Hill House when it came out. It was so good. Yeah. So good. And I follow Mike Flanagan, the director and creator of the show on Twitter. He's the man. So he did Ouija Origin of Evil, which was the good Ouija movie. <laughs> okay. Then he did um, uh, Hush, that one about oh. the woman who can't hear and then yeah. has like a stalker trying to get into her that house. That was very good. Yeah. Super good. Gerald's Game, the Stephen oh, King adaption about like the woman who's handcuffed to a bed. Yep. And then um, he just did Dr. Sleep. Oh, I didn't see that the- one, but... I actually Dude, heard pretty good check things. it out if you... Well, since you actually read Stephen King, I would read the book and then check it out because okay. I guess what he did was he basically fixed Stanley Kubrick saying fuck you to Stephen King by <laughs> making a sequel to The Shining movie that yeah. also says I love you to the Doctor mm. Sleep book. So cool. Stephen King loves it and Shining fans really like it. I, as a movie fan, mm-hmm. just had a blast with it. Ewan McGregor yeah. is a great lead. Oh. Yeah. But anyway, this guy does a really good job, in my opinion, at um, doing horror without trying to be like some new, like not trying (laughs) to say this is bad, but everything feels like this like elevated horror now, you know, like, like what's, ooh, let's like find some 1920s cameras to be able to film this so it looks like, (laughs) which I appreciate, or like, you know, let's make this story about, you know, this, and, and it feels... A lot of things these days feel like forced, heady stuff. Like, oh, they really want you to really be thinking about this. Which actually, classic. uh, Real quick, I do want to say I saw somebody expressing this opinion and have felt a little bit more, and kind of felt it in the most recent episode about Lovecraft Country. Um, I don't want to get too far into that, but uh, I still think the show's fantastic. But um, but that. Just saying that out, yes, I would right. agree with that. I think throughout the Lovecraft Country hype in my brain, I've you know been able to check myself a little on sure. what maybe I'm hyped about to overhype compared to some things. But yeah, uh, yeah Bly Manor, 
feels like a classic. You know it's what I mean? Good. By that? I watched two episodes of it last night. It it does feel like a classic. Uh, th- like this is the way the camera is always very steady. It's yeah. like on a tripod most Some of, of the, the time. Angles, the narration. There's like this one. Oh kind yes, of narrated. I really like that, that. Feels very classic movie. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, also. If you remember from Haunting of Hill House, or if anyone listening watched Haunting of Hill House, one of the great things about that show was even behind what was happening. Like, so there's the show as you're watching it. This is cool. This is scary. Mm. And then there's things you're like realizing, like, oh my God, was that? Oh my God, did that? Right. And that scares you. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, after I watched the show, I like go on Twitter and find out that people are finding all these like hidden, like shadowy right. people in the background and They're stuff. They're everywhere. All I'm going to say is look for him in Bly Manor 2. Yep. Look for that shit. Yep. It's so fucking creepy. Yeah, honestly, uh, we had a little bit of trouble falling asleep last night because we watched it super late. Uh, I just kept watching it because I knew that would happen to me. I was like, right. I'm going to watch this until I'm nodding off so that I can just pass out. <laughs> also, we're uh, in a cabin in the middle of nowhere right now. And it was Which like really windy outside. To the setting. So it was like, <laughs> And I like heard things like tapping nope. outside, and I was like, "Uh, oh, nope. we're just gonna turn a light on." <laughs> um, nope. But yeah, you couldn't just watch one episode, could you? No. As soon as yeah. the first episode yeah. ended, you just kind of like let it keep going. It feels like a big movie. They got some good creepy kids who also feel, you know, empathetic enough. Um, yeah, again, I was saying that throughout. In, but... It's a great show that you can constantly be like, "Oh, I think this is what's going on." Oh my god, no! I think this is what's going on. Right? I think this is what's going on. And yeah. the kids are a big part of that. Like yeah. being able to be like, these kids are creepy. You know what? These kids are really cute. Oh, yeah. man, I feel bad for these kids. Right. Or are these kids fucked up? You know, like it's just. <laughs> yep. And all of that will happen to you within the first 30 seconds of meeting. Them. That wasn't <laughs> right. like spoiling the yeah, show. No, totally. That's like. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I have another. Th- uh, one more thing that I think we should touch on uh, in this intro section, and that's the viewing of me uh, of a the viewing by me of a movie for the first time that I really should have seen a long time ago. Fargo, Woo! yeah, classic. Um, that's one of, in my opinion, just the best movies. I and I get why it's very so much of it is very in your aesthetic and my aesthetic about like stuff we would want to make like for real a hundred percent and i think this is partially because it's set in minnesota like in minneapolis but even before that like the first shots and the first scenes all i'm thinking is this just makes me want to make movies right now it makes me want to make a movie so bad no the Coen Brothers movies are the best examples. Mark Duplass said this once. Hmm. It's so clear when you watch their movies that they already saw this exact movie in their brain before right. they made it. Mm-hmm. Like, what you're watching is so, like, it's just such a movie. I don't know. Like, yep. ah, I love Fargo. The dialogue and the way the dialogue is delivered. And that was my introduction to Frances McDormand. Oh, yeah. And she's... That still might be my favorite performance of hers. I'm oh gonna puke. <laughs> oh, Margie, can you just let me make you some eggs before yeah. you go to work? Yeah. No, I gotta go. just let me make you some eggs. I don't know. There's something about it, man. That leads me to one thing I do want to say about it. Um, and I think it's interesting being a Minnesotan and knowing people who talk like that. You know that that is like one of oh the... yeah, like the guy in the bar who sits down. You son of a Gunderson. <laughs> right. Know? There's like. 
but it is elevated and you can hear in the movie which one like all of it is elevated to be apparent to you and it's one of the most you know famous things about that movie but you can hear who is from Minnesota and who's not. Or even who oh, yeah. knows Minnesotans or Midwesterners. It. Like Francis McDormand apparently is married to uh, Joel Cohen, who's from Minnesota. So that's where that so real... She's really good at it. But there's a lot of, like... There's a distinct difference between yeah and yeah. You know what I mean? William like, the second H. one Macy. is it's real a little people. different. Yeah, right. William H. Macy is still he's and he's one of my favorite actors. Oh yeah. Period, maybe. But I think he's one of the examples maybe that you're talking about yeah. where you're like I can is hear that... that he's just going, Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, oh yeah. Someone said oh, there it just, is. There's right. a Minnesotan accent coming out of me right, right there. there. Oh, you know? oh sure. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. I'm sure it's people different. have heard it coming out in this podcast. We're both Minnesota oh, boys. Dude, I went to uh I, I've visited Palm Springs before, which is like yeah. in California. That's where like if you're, you know, when you're trying to get away with your significant other for the weekend and go to yeah. a hotel with like a nice mineral spa, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, every time I've ever met anyone that, you know, just like hanging out in the hot tub or whatever, they're surprised when I say I'm from Minnesota until I mm. say Minnesota. Yeah. They're like, oh, now <laughs> right. I hear it. And I'm like, yep. oh, yeah, now I'm going to start talking like it too. Because yeah. now that I've said it, it's out. And know? now that we've both like... This, you know, this episode of the podcast gonna, is brought to you by, by Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Possibly northern Canada here. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you I'm glad you watched it. I'm glad you liked it. Oh um, yeah. It was fantastic. There it just isn't a bad Coen Brothers movie, in my opinion, because yeah. they're all what they the Coen Brothers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Bad movie doing. is like a it that's hard to say. And even though our last podcast was or two ago was yeah, on, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, let's get into it here. Uh, you are you are listening to a new lens, yar. <laughs> this is here is a oh, podcast yeah. uh, made by Gary and I uh, to talk about film and television that we liked as little kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers. And apparently, thick-accented Minnesotans. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have gotten to Avatar The Last Airbender, Season 2, Episode 12, which, by the way, Thank I was... Thank you for clarifying. I was going to say, and I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I right was now. mad when I saw that Netflix had combined them. I did, however, I did see in the trivia about this episode that originally, this episode and the next episode were aired... As a, a one-hour-long special, oh. called um, "The Secrets of the Fire Nation," so so it's not we were wrong to be mad that Netflix would do that. I still think they should separate them because guess what? You're fucking Netflix, and there's already autoplay. And literally in the middle of the episode, I paused it, but I saw it like faded out and then faded in with the next episode's thing. Why not just keep them separated, dude? Like it's Especially it's going to be no time difference, like for the viewing. Even if experience. they're aired as an hour experience, I feel like when it was aired on TV, it still did show the Serpent's Pass and the drill, right? Kind of yes. like how when it when the uh, um, invasion of the Northern Water Tribe aired on TV, mm -hmm. it showed part two, part one, part two. Right. So while I get all of that. They should have put a part one and part two if you yeah, want me to not be pissed right now. Come I would on. I wouldn't be pissed. Call it if there was a <laughs> even call it 
The Secrets of also, the Fire Nation, Part 1, The Serpent's Pass. Do that. Yeah, that would be nice because I way prefer the names The Serpent's Pass and The Drill yeah. over The Secrets, Secrets of the of Fire, the Fire Nation. Nation. I don't like that name. Yeah, I just I don't. don't. Like it, either. it doesn't uh, feel I don't feel like there are secrets, I, you know? I, I feel, will point anyway. out as well, um the last two episodes were also aired uh together under a different name. The Library and the Desert were aired as The Fury of Ang, which is interesting. Whoa. That's honestly <laughs> an episode title for only the desert only though. Only the desert. But I but think it's you understand why? It's cool. You, you understand why why they're linking that one and why they call it that. But I still think the library and the desert are distinct episodes, deserve to be that, and are titled properly. And now I'm and... starting to realize that maybe television is just like Netflix. A producer was like, "Hey, these are kind of similar. You should put them together because kids right. like an hour long episode every now and then." And you know, because it really these creators when they make the episodes. Uh, everything is done in a way that like cliffhangers feel like cliffhangers unless they're like in the siege of the north it doesn't feel like a cliffhanger leading into the next episode it really just feels like a continuation hmm. this has yeah. a cliffhanger it's like made to wait yes. a week to figure out what comes right. next you know um, like when it was written it feels like it was written like that anyway, it was what were you gonna say effective though with airing it as an hour-long special they had this become the highest rated among uh, viewers, like the highest, the, the highest viewership with 4.4 million views for this like uh, one hour long special airing of these two episodes. So it was effective. That's interesting so, you know, I can't and really cool. And I totally get it because we are at a point now in the show, which I think we can start our recap yeah. with this, um, where things are like... It's what the fuck? All coming together now. It's like you know, it's like coming together and falling apart up. at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Like people aren't where you thought they would be. People aren't figuring right. the things out they should. Fucking Appa is now gone. Yep. So I totally get why they were like, we need to give these guys an hour of this so that they can like not. Because if you just had a half hour after this last bit, I I totally would be like. <laughs> Another week of this feeling? Yeah, right. So basically, this episode is about Aang and the gang trying to get to Ba Sing Se. They realize that we're, from where they are on the edge of the desert, there's one kind of like area that they can get through called the Serpent's Pass. But as soon as they're kind of talking about going, a group of travelers who happen to be um, some people we've encountered before mm -hmm. come upon them and tell them, no, like, that you'll die, basically. Come with us. We know of this secret, like, underground Earth Nation fairy system, which is so cool. Oh, yeah. And so they go to this. Meanwhile, we find out when they get there, a fairy leaves, and the camera shows who's on that fairy, Zuko and Iroh, mm -hmm. which was just... It has a cool way of going back and forth between them. Oh, yeah. And we get um, Zuko and Iroh's little story of being on this ferry to Bossing Say, encountering another character we've seen in the past. Mm -hmm. And we see Zuko challenged again. He's been uh, going through some challenges that are very character-driven. And I think this episode has um, another facet of that that's kind of interesting to think about. Mm -hmm. And um, Aang and the gang, meanwhile, can't get their fairy... Well, basically, the people that they met get their shit stolen. So Aang is like, you know what? Instead of just leaving you... I will go to the Serpent's Pass and help you. 
and they meet another person who <laughs> they this is a great episode oh, yeah. of like wait we've seen them before yeah and uh <laughs> all of them go through the serpent's pass and it's very dangerous some perilous shit goes down and eventually they get to the other side and we have a really beautiful moment at the end of the episode and then a little cliffhanger and i think that's the best way i can recap oh, yeah. it because all the stuff that i allude to is more fun to talk about in depth yeah no, so let's totally. get into it yeah, uh, for some reason, in my mind, this is one of the episodes when we were like five episodes in to the show entirely. I commented on like, there's some filler episodes along the way. And I thought of this one in my head of just like really going across the serpent's pass. They encounter the like serpent thing. This is not that episode. This is a huge episode for a These lot of These are my favorite reason. episodes. I love it when that happens. When you go in just expecting, because it's a great show, so you kind of go in just expecting a good episode, and then you're like, oh my god. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that yeah. happened to be so much. I loved it. Yeah. Um, our first glimpse, we get these like peaceful falls that they've stopped at. It's the first shot. Um, and I didn't find a whole lot of significance in that, but I I, I do like the these bells that come back in the sound design. I love often. That's one of my sort favorite. They're like yeah, they yep. sort of warp totally. It. Yeah, <laughs> Ang freezes himself underwater and like floats up in that like bodysuit of ice, and uh, Katara does the water bomb, water bending bomb. Uh, like at this point, their water bending is good enough. That they fuck around. Yeah. You right. know? Totally. We now... Because, like, the last five times we've seen them waterbending together, it has been a progression leading up to that moment where Katara uh, threw a reed at him. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Reed in our last episode, if you heard. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> oh, that's good. That good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bad jokes. So, and he like sliced it, and she was like, "You now have the reflexes of a water bending master." And it really feels like now they're still training, but now they're like creatively training by having fun in right. between. And you she know, splashes like, uh, Sokka's map and like extracts the water. Like she's done enough unique things like that. Year yeah. old map. <laughs> And Sokka points that out, and he's got a point. But also, they can just extract the water from it. So, like, I was surprised though, because that's that's one of the things that uh, it's another cool little. I love it when this happens on the show, where I go, "Ooh, I'm I'm gonna think about the physics of that." Because, like, mm -hmm. so earlier when when she was using her bending water for them to drink, they commented on how gross that is because yeah. you know she used it on the sandbenders or whatever. In the swamp, but when or on the swamp, yep. I have a feeling that it wasn't gross because here we see her extract water and no ink comes with it. No dirt comes. You know, I yeah. think she has the ability to like literally be bending pure water. Yeah. So I almost think that uh, Katara could like bend ocean water and make it drinkable, like bend the salt out or something like that. Yeah. I started to think about things like that. And There's I like... don't know. I just think seeing her do this raises my like interest in her skill level like it's not oh, it, sure she can't just like do elaborate things with the water There's she's like... literally now pulling the water out of a moist map she's not moving the map she's pulling yeah. the water out of it there's That's... like 
and it microscopic bacteria and stuff too, too though that like would oh yeah float in the like water and who knows be, you know. who knows like where her level of or but, what that yeah, I, I mean, attends to but it's interesting that she's able to do that and when we see the map again it's totally fine like yeah. it's yeah uh they they look at their map or uh uh i think it's a different map of their you know not the five thousand year old one but the earth kingdom map and sokka's uh pointing out their route through the serpent's pass is how it's labeled and they're like oh okay toff's like is that the only way and sokka says well yeah i mean it's not like we have appa we don't have a whole lot of other choices and katara gets a little like sensitive and ang sees them and he feels I totally understand this feeling. Yes. Like, so I haven't related deeply. to uh, a character as much as I did to Aang throughout this whole About, episode. Yeah. And I didn't relate to him as a kid. Right. So it's no. so cool actually understanding what he's going through emotionally right now. Feeling the pressure But I also relate to Katara. Yeah. I think in in this scenario she's right and Aang is being a little unhealthy about it but like I agree but that's natural. I get it. Yeah, it's natural. It I don't think he's 12 I, too. Yeah, that's another I, thing, you yeah, know. Exactly. And he he feels the pressure of, you know, everybody being concerned about him and he just wants kind of to be left alone, you know. Your concern is not necessarily helping. He's like it's okay, we just need to focus on the task at hand. And this is when these refugees come by, and there's three of them, and two of them are a couple, and the woman is pregnant. And if you remember back to Zuko alone, Zuko passes a couple that are eating, and he chooses not to rob them because he sees that the woman is pregnant. And this is that couple, which is... God, I love that. Such a cool seed planted and uh, sown. Like, there is so much of that in this episode of characters naturally rising back up in the plot and this makes sense because they were making a pilgrimage to ba sing se they're going to be traveling slower the whole time and he was traveling in the same direction right so like it makes Mm -hmm. sense that they would be here now around the same time he got he passed them yeah so they're a little behind Mm -hmm. and he's on the boat like all it even makes sense timing wise you know like it's so awesome and what i love most about it is they're real like, when we meet this guy, he's kind of goofy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, I like, you almost expected it to be, like, a, like, hello, we're a couple. And, like, you're just going to – it's going to be, like, this beautiful couple. But they're a real couple. They're right. just people. And I don't know. I loved that. The who I, I don't look up all the actors like you do. Uh, and uh, I should start. But who plays the um, the husband yeah. really gave him – I believe the, the husband's name is Brian Tochi. And the wife's name is Kim My Guest. Great and voice acting. Those character by the names are them. Fan and Ying. And I think it's very cool, actually, um, that these are Asian actors, which is great. The you know, in in the main cast, I've noticed there's a you know mostly white characters. Even Sokka and Katara are, uh, or Sokka and Katara are indigenous characters played by white people, but. Um, I think it's very cool that they're incorp- that they do incorporate that. They do make a point to in the voice acting incorporate that. And also, um, I didn't know this, but a character that we'll meet soon, uh, Suki Jenny Kwan is the actor who plays Suki, and she is also uh, an Asian actor. So I don't know. I, I, I just think that's cool that the, it, it's not quite as whitewashed as uh, I initially was thinking, even though, you know, Katara, Sokka, Zuko or Zuko's not either. Zuko's. Yeah. Dante Basco is a is a man of color. So 
um i don't know that that that's cool that they they do incorporate um you know a good amount of diversity into their yeah we better acting. pray to god that they do even better for this live action show coming out because based on some of those things some of that news because i know that the creators of this animated series that is like the one thing that they're like if we could do better with an anime or with a live action the only thing we could do better on is making it obvious that we are including cultures by Mm -hmm. having people from cultures play the cultures we're uh there's celebrating hard amount of you know what i mean sure yes and then they are leaving the series, which makes me worried that that might be why. I hope yeah. that's me being like a negative, like us uh, assuming no, the worst. But it's disappointing. Come to on, see that they've left Netflix. The if you yeah. if you listen to our podcast, <laughs> you better be casting the right way over there. This group tells them about this hidden fairy, which is very cool. We will get there in a moment. Uh, w- once they find out about it, this is when we cut over to Iroh and Zuko on this ferry, making their way over. And I love Iroh's, the, the, the first uh, line that we get is Iroh saying, how odd it is to be going back to the site of my greatest military disgrace. All, oh, wow. As a tourist. <laughs> <laughs> Puts on a hat. Throws on a hat. Yeah, no, I love that. Because you really like... <laughs> Oh wow, he's a general, you know, like it. Yeah, and it and it's not just a throwaway joke too. That's a an experience that I think veterans have. Sure, go, like returning to a place that they've been to, and it can be like a feeling of both, you know, great. I feel I'm sure he feels like a number of emotions, oh, sure. and maybe that joke is his way of being like, oh, I don't want to feel that right now. Some you know what I mean? Ex- yeah, some of that expressed in Defive Bloods pretty well. Um, I but, agree. Uh, a lot more wow. negative focus, I think, in, in that movie. But some of the characters definitely express that sort of interesting, um, you know, revisiting a site that you went through that in. But uh, Zuko expresses his dissatisfaction with this life that they've been living now for a while. Uh, he says he's tired of living like this. And he tried to do it alone for a while. He thought that would help. But clearly it did not. He almost like starved to death. Um, so now he's back with Iroh, but they're still banished and have to be in hiding and like living like common folk, which I'm sure for a spoiled prince is like, fuck this. Yeah. And that brings us back to those early episodes when they were buying shit with Iroh's weight in gold, the the monkey with the ruby eyes and all, you know, they shopped, you know, they -hmm. weren't just taken care of. They also had an abundance of money. Mm Mm-hmm. And now he's experienced basically poverty, not having money or resources to have food, which is interesting how it's shaped him. You know, I I think he's more angry about it and uh, angry about having to have experienced this. And that's a perfect point in time to be exploited by the character that is Jet. I think this is my favorite little close up we've had in the show yet. His like half smile. Oh, yep. when we first... Oh, man, it gave me chills when I saw him. I forgot that he's back, you yeah. know? Oh. He's uh, he's here. He's with Smellerby and Longshot, who we remember from the episode Jet, where he was first introduced. Um, and he basically proposes a plot, and he says he's dissatisfied because the captain of the boat is hoarding 
food, which is like, dude, you're just on a ferry for like, like one night. Are you really that dissatisfied with how much food you're getting? But I mean, maybe the conditions are bad, you know, I, uh, but he this, says, yeah, no, this is a really interesting thing to think about. It's yeah. not as simple as their point of view or whatever this captain's point of view probably is. Right. You know? And they are fed. Like Zuko has a bowl in front of him. It doesn't look very good. It's like gruel yeah, it's like porridge or something. It. But like they have food. But he says the captain is up there eating like a king. And I was like, what sort of king? He says, the fat, happy kind. <laughs> and Iroh goes, oh, like, uh, remembering when he was eating like a fat, happy king, you know? And now making me think about like Boomy being just like this buff king <laughs> right. probably doesn't. Right. Yeah, you know? totally. <laughs> um, but Zuko says, you know what? God damn it, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I love that. He throws yeah. his bowl in the water. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he says, I'm in. My brain goes, holy shit, Zuko, Jet, like this is yep. such, this is a, such a brilliant combination of characters because they're both for where they are in their arcs. Yes, because they're both conflicted. They're not mm-hmm. good or bad. Right. They're not anti-heroes. Yep. They're just conflicted, conflicted men. People. Yes. And they're about to be juice, like not juicing each other. They're about to be enabling each other's mm-hmm. conflictions. Yep. You know what I mean? It's a, oh totally. man, it's so sinister, but. Also so satisfying because it's so cool seeing these two characters. Because you don't want to see Jet and, like, Aang do something together. Because we like Aang and we don't like right. Jet. Yeah. But we kind of like Zuko for some reason. Right. And now we can kind of like Jet for some reason. Yeah. And just kind of like this. You know, it's like this cool, But be like, wary of it. But, like... Yeah. Like, like we're, like... Happening. Yeah. We're, we're enjoying the viewing of it. Mm-hmm. But we feel bad that it feels almost like a... Uh, a step backwards again sure zuko because he's constantly like where is he where is he going you know yep and jet because jet seems almost like he might be on a uh, forward he he kind of talks like he's a little different maybe but yeah then you know when he devises his plans it just sounds like same old jet yep yep um well there's several characters being reintroduced that we remember from the past of the show and this is when we cut back to the most important one i think cabbage man <laughs> is yes! being denied at the at the gates of the ferry because uh or his cabbages are his she because the the lady running the the entry says you know even if one cabbage slug gets on there it'll rot the whole thing out uh so she <laughs> gives like a signal and a platypus bear just just in a suit, like with a hat, just destroys Yeah, that's their his security guard, guard. Is the platypus My bear. Cabbages. Honestly, I love that they found a creative way to bring that back that's not forced. Like that's yeah. totally a yeah. you know, like it's totally it a thing. Sense. And it's funny because it's like customs and you just like mm-hmm. can relate to that, like how funny that is, like trying All to bring right. fruit from another country. Like you can't do that, you know? Yep. But this is like a whole nother level because it's the cabbage guy. <laughs> yeah, so good. And Ang tries to get them tickets and she's like, yeah, okay, another avatar. Eh, try better with the costume next time. And there's just a bunch of people trying to get through dressed as the I avatar. really like that because yeah. you want you would wonder why why would, people wouldn't do that, you know? Like mm-hmm. it, all it takes is some tattoos and orange clothes and a right. staff. Paint and arrow. On like that's head. all he has needed right. to do in a couple places to prove that he's the avatar. Mm-hmm. So like it makes sense. I love that. But Toph lays down her like family insignia, her credentials on the table 
And, and this she, is the first time we get a full whole, idea. We really understand you know, the. We now get what it means to be a Beifong. Yeah, of the Beifong family. She's like anyone flying the signal or uh, signet of the flying boars. Uh, you know, deserves, you know, she ass kisses <laughs> is what I'm getting Yeah, the lady literally changes from a character into, like, an AI that's willing to just make it happen. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Like, it's yeah. almost like a non-character writing yeah. thing to say because she's so, like, okay, yeah, no, right. you're good. So you win. Now Toph they... rolled a natural 20. <laughs> yeah, right, yes. So now she, she's got them tickets by saying they're her servants, basically, and Momo is her seeing-eye lemur, um, which is great. And then as they're and I walking... I love that Momo goes along with it, too. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah he, totally. He sits on her shoulder and kind of right. just sits there, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It feels right. Um, they're then interrupted by this person demanding to Sokka that she uh, see their tickets and passports. She's like, I've seen your kind. You're probably sarcastic and traveling with the avatar <laughs> you're thinking like wait what who is this girl yeah. you know and she's like and i love that even as a viewer you don't know it's not like done in a way that's right. like you like superman putting on his glasses you know if there wasn't the previously on avatar exactly flashback to the exactly. Island. but anyway she says, maybe you'll remember this. And she kisses him, kisses him on the cheek. And I love that. It's Suki. And I love that. That's, yeah. That moment makes my heart fill with joy every time. Like her, yeah. maybe you'll remember this. And then he, he just, it's almost he like Sokka for the first time is like feeling like, oh my God, I have a friend that I made yeah. and I'm seeing you again. Because yeah. think about it. Like they, their, their friend group is... Ang and the gang. Mm -hmm. And other than that, he had his Southern Water Tribe, which they're not going back to. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is this must be overwhelmingly awesome for him. Not just because he probably has a crush on her, but because right. they were friends and they get to yes. see each other again. Yes. Oh, it's he hasn't beautiful. had a whole lot of that, like Sokka in particular, like making connections with specific people. And Suki was the main one, and here she is. It's very cool. And it makes the Kiyoshi <laughs> yeah. Island episode feel more significant yes. than it did when I watched it. Yes. Like, totally. their interaction could have been played off as, like, Sokka's the guy that has the kiss on the cheek from the girl in the episodes with girls in them or whatever. Sure. You know what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, it could but... have been... There is, like, a trope of, like... Like, even oh, sure. when Ty Lee later was like, he was kind of cute. Yeah. He's borderline... Like, but they don't let that happen ever. Sokka is a real character, and him yep. and Suki's connection, now we realize, was deeper than just the 15 minutes that we were allowed to see. They were there right. for days. He trained with her for days. Yeah, right. Totally. Um... She she asked or she comments on like you know his sleeveless yeah like, working I love out. that he says yeah I grab a branch and do a couple chin ups every now and then and then it goes silent it's not like clearly making fun of him like sometimes there's like a wah, wah, that's like very clearly <laughs> making fun of him but this is just like he taps his arms and there's just like kind of some strings like. And yeah, it just I love it. makes it goofy, <laughs> but not like blatantly making fun of him. I love it. And that. it's great too because he's not like weak. He's a great fighter and he's gotten stronger throughout the show. Yeah. But he's a 15 year old kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's totally. or 16. Like it's that classic 16 year old boy being like, yo, check yeah, out I my guns. Out. And it's like, dude, you're not oh, going to get guns until you're like 24. Yeah. Chill out. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I, I find it interesting how much validity and likability Suki is granted by the simple interaction of her and Momo. It really struck me. Like, Momo comes up and she, uh, Momo remembers her, too. And she, like, goes, wow, Momo! Yeah. And she scratches his face and he just, like, looks up in a very, very authentically, like, pet cat or like dog when you, way yes no when you when go you up and you like get the in their cat, face the neighbor look at you all we happy. have a cat in our apartment who's yeah. an outside cat always sitting like right outside her door yeah. and at this point she walks up or he i don't even know yeah and just like goes for a little pet and i just scratch scratch their yeah. little head and go inside and that's and that look and, at you all happy and that's yeah, very like, well done the moment it thing. is and, it really yeah. is and it you're right it makes you go from suki is like oh i'm, I'm feeling that connection with sakamore now it's like Suki's part of the group. Yeah, right. Even when she's not part of the group now, I'll rem- I'll know that she's part of the group. Right. It would be like if suddenly for some reason Sokka or Katara or Toph had to do a mission mm-hmm. for a few- like it's like Appa right now. He's yeah, still part right. of the group even though he's missing. Yes. yes. It's Which cool. Is a good transition to it, it feels very natural the way she's involved in this conversation. Yeah. She's like, "Where's Appa?" and they all, you know, and she looks at Aang and she says like i'm so sorry are are you doing okay i love that she asks that yeah. that's such a hard question to ask people when they're grieving yes. and suki is the person to do that and she you know does what it I mean? so authentically and well and it it makes me sad that ang is still in the place but like again super understand the perspective he's there. coming from i have been there for it's sure. easier to be like stop asking yeah stop yes. than it is to admit no i'm not okay right than to be like no, but you know we're we're moving along. You know that's like yep. basically, yeah. But he he kind of he's trying to get cameras off him. You know people to stop looking yeah. at him. But um, then they find out this pregnant woman and her group, all their stuff's been stolen. This woman that runs the entrance of the ferry is being a being a real dick about things. And uh, basically, it's not okay. It's very not okay. That's- Especially when you think They're about even the context like, can we of just the show. Give them our tickets. The point no, no of passport. this ferry system is to get refugees to safety. Right. Right. This is it's the point. Hidden. Which actually feels very real. Like there's yeah. always going to be a fucking power complex in right. any system, even the ones that are trying to be helpful. And there's always going to be people that only care about themselves in any system or situation and that's why it's so frustrating when they get their things stolen because you're like these are two people who we now know have basically traveled across the earth nation to find safety she's pregnant zuko the bad guy of the show spared them and yet someone from this earth another refugee looking for safety decided fuck these guys i'm stealing their shit Mm -hmm. it's just the show is so much more complex than everyone in this this like little area is going to be good and they're all going to be there for each other and we never find out who stole it or why or Mm -hmm. you know it's not like later jets like i swiped these you know it's (laughs) right it's it really doesn't feel it almost doesn't feel like it's important, but yeah. that's what's important about it. Things exactly. still happen, you know? Things happen in other people's lives that come to your attention, and it's in like so noble of Aang to unquestionably just say, mm-hmm. then I will take you through the Serpent's Pass. You need it. to get across. We did not see, and the way their stuff was stolen never comes into our point of view. It never comes into the, the gang's point of view. Aang other never than asks. How it has yep. affected them. You know, so yep. 
and he sees he needs to help and he does uh suki says she's gonna come along they get to the gates of the serpent's pass it's very different than they were imagining or how the map <laughs> pointed out it's like a yeah. thin, giant tall strip of rock uh like 20 feet wide that just juts through um and there's this gate that says abandon hope <laughs> oh my god uh very pirate like brutal <laughs> well eva was actually just telling me about you know she's been she saw pictures online the other day of a bunch of different places that park rangers have just put up like there's there, there's also a cave that people were like uh, cave diving in a lot and people kept going missing and they put a sign up that said there is nothing in this cave worth dying for like these are real types of signs that people wow. put up in places that are just extremely dangerous that's like don't don't go yeah here. and and that's the and it's a great case to talk about uh the preservation of nature like right. there are going to be instances where nature is not safe but it's not our job to just be like, all right, destroy that. Mm-hmm. Put a sign up. <laughs> yeah. But right. they don't listen to that sign because they need to get across. That's right. the thing. Mm-hmm. They need to go. They can't abandon hope in yep. this moment. But then Aang, oh, I, this moment really, really breaks my heart because mm-hmm. he connects hope and how hope is useful or not with the teachings of the monks. Mm. And it makes me, you know, because he says the monks taught us basically that hope right. is a dangerous, like, he says something, I didn't write it down, but what he says is basically like, no, man, like, ah, that's not why they taught you that. Right. that. This is not why they taught you that. You're using the teachings of your culture to try to, like, get yourself to explain your way out of this. But I think even he knows deep down, like, mm. that's not what that means. Yeah. You know, it's sad. It, it makes me wish, I don't know. Ang's feelings in this episode I relate to too much and it makes me sad the whole episode. I'm yeah. just like, you poor bastard. Well, um, there, there's sort of a good uh, reflection of that whole uh, uh, narrative of Ang's feelings that is begins to be shown uh, when they notice a Fire Nation ship that's working and they say, you know, the Fire Nation's working on this side of the lake. They're hiding something, which we will learn what it is by the end of this episode. But the husband, Than, he steps on an edge of the cliff that crumbles away under his feet and he starts to fall. But Toph saves, it, saves him. Toph has some pretty badass bending in this moment that's all very casual. She's kind of just standing there and like I love saving her. people's that's lives. That's all of her bending too, you know? It's always just like right. a quick move of the heel, you know? And uh, so the Fire Nation ship spots them, starts firing fireballs at them. They start running away and Sokka gets very, very protective over Suki and he is like unhealthily unhealthily and guarding her and not really allowing her possessive. to do anything he's being very possessive and he's uh you know he goes to like grab her as rocks are falling and Toph saves them and he's like Suki are you okay and uh and he gets mad at her yeah. he's like you shouldn't do that right watch yeah. where you're going and you Toph's know? also like hey thanks for saving my life okay whatever which um, is so true too yeah. his concern with Suki is unhealthy mm-hmm. in the fact that he's not able to have a healthy relationship with Toph she literally saved right. his life yep but i think it's a beautifully done dichotomy in this episode i of agree ang 
who is unhealthily saying, please stop worrying about me. I, I don't need it when he's clearly in a place where he's still processing things and it's coming out of anxiety and frustration. And then there's Suki who is saying, hey, please stop worrying about me. You're being unhealthy and you're actually holding me back from protecting myself wow. and others. I didn't even think of that. And, you know, Sokka Was this directed by it. Lauren McMullen? This <laughs> feels like it. it, it, it was, uh, nah, I don't know. I think maybe it was and then someone else came in. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to take away credit from the guy, but yeah. it, that's this is a very well-tuned emotional I instrument. Mean, as fantastic as Lauren McMullen is, she is not the only person <laughs> behind the scenes of who's the show able who's to... emotionally intelligent. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But... Uh, but I, I feel you. I definitely did look you know it what up. I mean? That's why I know it was done by Ethan Spaulding, because I was looking for Lauren's name. But um, uh, Sokka even tries to dictate where Suki can sleep, and he, like, lays down. And she's even like, hey, please stop doing this. And he's like, okay, I'm fine. Just, you know, here's your bed. Wait, wait! Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I saw a spider. <laughs> it's like... You know, so, Sokka, like, I like the go. moment, because it's clear that he's not, like... He's not aware that he's being that way, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Like, whenever he has those, I'm, I'm sorry, I just thought I saw a spider. Mm -hmm. He thinks it's fine to be doing that. Right. You know what I mean? He's yeah. not going, oh, wait, was I just overreacting? In the moment, you know? I think he doesn't realize it. But I think with time, when they have their conversation yep. in exactly. a moment here. Um, at this point, we do switch back to Zuko and Jet, who are um, executing Jet's plan to basically infiltrate the captain's food quarters or the you know the kitchen and steal the food and bring them to the lower decks where they can share the food with people and it's actually you know it's got a it's got a robin hood feel to it which kind of jet yes. sees himself as where we're i taking totally agree from the people who have too much and giving to the people who have not enough but did they take every single I thing did. i think they took yep all the that's food. the thing mm -hmm. that's the thing that's where jet's ideology it yep. always goes a step too far but at the same time, yeah. they are feeding everyone, right. you know? Right, yeah. I like the way they align in how uh, Zuko has his dual blades and Jet has his two, like, hook yeah. swords. And the way they use them in this scene, especially uh, Zuko flipping the bowls onto each oh other. Oh, my God, that's one of my favorite up. things oh, so in the dope. whole show. <laughs> it's so dope. It's um, so cool. Although, at the same time, you're like... What are you gonna do when you when you get one of those? You know, you're gonna like right. lift it up. Just gonna... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Longshot shoots this super thick arrow into the top, and they sort of zip line down with the food, so which cool. is so cool. Like you see the air, him pull out the arrow, and it's particularly big and strong, and you're like, oh, okay. And then it's because it needs to bear weight. <laughs> so yep, I just like that they paid attention to that detail. But yeah, they they execute it. They give the food out. We go back to Aang. He's having a moment alone on a ledge in the Serpent's Pass. And Katara comes up and tries to address, you know, because she can tell even though he has, you know, changed from his rage afterwards, his fury, as I guess the creators would like to put it. Um, he's still clearly not processing this in a, in a great way. And she says, hey, it's okay to miss Appa. Um, but Aang expresses when he was missing, he was so angry and he never wanted to be out of control in that way and Katara is saying exactly what you know you're thinking this whole time which is like hey it's okay to still feel you really think he's about to have a right. like a breakthrough 
Like it feels like he's about oh, to says, be like, yeah. you're right. It hurts more to hope, so, but please don't stop caring. And he just turns to her and says, thank you he for bows. your concern, Katara. Like the thing I is. I hate it. When it makes me so sad. You can call out people's names, but in conversation like this, especially with someone as intimate as, as you've seen that these two people are and how understanding and close their relationship is, and we've seen them training together and processing emotions together, to say, like, if I were to say to you right now after you said, hey, man, are, are you okay? And I said, I'm fine, Gary. Like... <laughs> yeah it is a whole, it's different, a whole thing. different thing it adds like a little stinger to the yeah. end that makes her go right oh, okay thank you for I your concern I... katara sorry and i just wanted to only talk about it for a second because it's one of my favorite shots in the whole show mm. one of the... well you know how you're always like i always think about this shot yeah i always think about the shot of the husband rubbing his pregnant wife's feet by the fire yeah I it's get so that. totally i love it i don't know it just it's like they just are in love and they're by the fire and it's a moment to finally to just like sit and relax mm -hmm. i always think about that and whenever yeah. it comes up i'm like it still does make me <laughs> smile yeah. oh it's, it's a perfect sweet moment uh getting us from the sort of heartbreak breaking scene with ang over to a scene we do kind of get a good little you know, emotional breakthrough here with Sokka mm -hmm. looking up at the moon. Which uh, we understand. Which we understand. Uh, Suki says, oh, it's beautiful. And he says, yeah, it is. Which is like, oh, man. Fuck. Um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, my God. Suki's like, you have to understand that I and trust that I can take care of myself. And Sokka's even like, yeah, I know. Uh, it's he just there was, gets it. there was this girl who I was not able to help. I was not able to save. Um and Suki says, you know, I I lost someone too. And he's like, who is this guy? Is he taller than me? He's like, he's about your height. Is he more handsome than me? S Sokka. It's, uh, it's you. <laughs> Come on, dude. Um, that moment, oh. too, makes you... This is the actual moment that really brings home how, they're con how connected they got during yeah. his time on Kyoshi right. Island. You know, mm -hmm. her... Because I don't think he realized it. Yeah. I think he left and, you know, he's like, that was awesome. She was a great friend. But, like, he's wrapped up in this whole shit mm -hmm. that he didn't even realize that she's probably been thinking about him this whole time, you know? Right. And now she's telling him. And think about it. Like, it was it was cool for us to see Sokka at the beginning of the show having the maturity breakthrough of you know, getting past his concepts of men and women and like, oh, you're in dresses and wearing makeup and like having him kind of make fun of them at the beginning and then by the end of their time there saying, I'm so sorry, I was so wrong. You have showed me so much. I have trained with you. I have become humble. To watch someone go through that and see how mature they are capable of being and then have them go away, you know? And they actually yep. got along and seemed to have a sense of humor shared together. Like, it feels justified. It doesn't feel feel like oh they're just bringing back someone for Sokka to like have you know an emotional connection with it feels justified it really does it also makes sense that after you know he almost had another connection and she fucking turned into the moon <laughs> he is like I can't in this moment they start to you know get close in front of the moon too right. you know exactly. it's like she's, she's watching right or something yeah yeah um we cut back over to the the crew on the ferry having their meals. Smeller B has her moment where, where she's like, "I'm a girl," and brushes away. And which 
<laughs> we could very easily just like let that go, but I think it's I I want to talk about it a little tiny bit yeah. because I think it's an interesting I think it's interesting that they decided to have a moment of someone being misgendered mm-hmm. and then when they walk away feeling offended, long shot, all he needs to do is put his hand on her shoulder right. and she know and that connection is, you know, he's able to get across that right. you are you and we love you and that is what's important. And I think that things like that can be handled better. And I'm really glad that they did it. Sure. You know what I mean yeah. by that? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, that's just it, especially today. Like, that is an issue. And uh, yeah. the fact that they just, they played it off as a joke. But they, they also had that moment between Longshot and Smeller B to make you know that it's not just funny that she was misgendered. Like, it really does. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Right. I yeah, I just want no, to say that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um Jet gives some perspective saying uh or uh actually it's it's Iro first who said they're, I love they're it. talking about their last time at Bossing Say and Iro says uh I've been here once before when I was a different man. And Jet says I'm not I've done some things that I'm not so proud of and we get this uh you know connective tissue between them of the idea of second chances. And I remember when that's brought up, it. like Iroh even looks at Zuko and it's yep. like, he says, I yes, believe in people chances. can have a second chance. Mm-hmm. And then he looks right at him. Yep. I love it. And I love that we're giving Jet a second chance. Right. It seems like it at least, you know, even I don't know if he's, he's still gonna, like you know, doing his Robin Hood sort of thing. But he wants to change. Yes. It's clear he recognizes. He, it's clear that his experience from when he last met the gang affected him as be- yeah it's become a negative one for him yes he doesn't think back and go they were wrong like he did when he was frozen against the tree yelling you're wrong you know <laughs> right yeah yeah um well the gang comes to a flooded stretch of the path which is like oh shit and in any other like universe you'd be like oh god no what are we gonna do but we've got benders but they're dude. fine they're yeah fine. it's fine i but it's still a huge feet that katara just feels comfortable just parting the waves turning into such a, a cool looking to scene through. too oh they yeah. do it so cool it's i love beautiful. that ang hands his staff to to uh top yep so that he it's can such bend. a little detail but when we see the mm-hmm. side view of all of them walking and top's holding the staff ang and katara on either end doing this fishes are swimming by yeah it it's otherworldly it's, it's very so well beautiful. done like when they're from the outside, you can see just the bubble. It's not too much going on, so you can see through the bubble and see all the people and the bubble forming. Mm-hmm. It's like you can see the water and the bubble there. And then when you're inside and there's an angle, you can see the drawings of the outside of the bubble, but it's not transparent yet. You can see them like marveling at the shape of what they're doing with their bending. And then there's a picture of Toph walking from the side. It's a profile yeah. shot. That's the one. And then it's transparent and you can see the fish swimming by and Momo jumps out and tries to catch a fish. And I love that moment too. Me too. It fe- That moment reminds me of Finding Nemo. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, and then something big comes by. Something big now comes by. Now we know. By. Why, it's why is this called the Serpent's Pass? Serpent's Pass. Because there's a big this is fucking why. serpent. <laughs> and it's just... A serpent, yeah, too. It's, right. Like, it's not like the Unagi, like, had its, like, jet of water. Right. I almost, like, wondered, like, oh, shit, is this thing going to, like, have a water jet, uh, too? But it's just straight up a fucking serpent. It's just and a it is fucking with them. Fucking 
Rayquaza ass looking serpent. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to to Pokemon Emerald. Um, but they uh, th- this giant serpent breaks the seal of their bubble, and water starts flooding in. And Toph acts so quickly and just <laughs> brings them up on a. Uh, I don't know if it affected it, rock. but I like to think her holding Aang's staff helped her bend a little bit. I don't know why. <laughs> it just she's that. holding the staff when she does it, and then she hands it back to him, and it almost feels like she was like, "Thanks." Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like I know she was holding it for him to do his bending, but there's just a, I don't know. Yeah, like she focused, like a focus in D and D. Right. This is just another little detail that uh, creates such a large world. Sokka says to Suki, can you make it stop? And she's like, just because I live near the Unagi doesn't mean I'm like an expert on all giant like water creatures. And it's bringing us back and reminding us of the Unagi and the different kinds of creatures in this world. I I just think that's very cool. And that it's not just like this mythical beast that shows up. She literally like lives by the Unagi. It's it's like a landmark, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Um, and then we get some of the coolest bending Katara has ever done. Oh my god. She builds an ice bridge, and then once the people are across, except for Toph, I she's don't think like, is there yet, she, she makes... She looks over. Yeah. <laughs> she looks over and she creates this like ice board around it's her like feet. It's like Frozone, yeah, but dude. like Ooh. even cooler. Yeah. Like, and just, I'm sorry, Brad Bird, but like Katara, Katara oh, yeah. she got you. Oh, yeah. man. So um, cool. And then Aang... Is kind of doing yeah. it too with air. Mm-hmm. He's like air running on the water, right? And the animation this is of just all a of fucking this is cool. So thing. well done. Clearly spent a uh-huh. lot of time on this. Um, Ang starts making a whirlpool that actually eventually that Katara does. is helping with. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool that they're on either end of it. I love it when they bend together. Right. Like it's like they're one mind, you know. And we 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 also get a quick glimpse here of. You know, Toph is a character who is very tough, and we've gotten that side of her. But she's also a little girl, and we we really get a glimpse of that in this. Like, she's there, and she's like, I think I'm going to stay, you know, not take the ice bridge. I'm going to stay on this rock where I can see. And then the thing slams down. I wonder why she didn't just, like, bend her rock forward or something. Yeah, I wonder. You know? I mean, I yeah. A little overwhelmed with everything, I think. Yeah. But the scream she lets out is, like... It's a little girl screaming at something almost killing yeah. her. Um, and she almost drowns. And Suki just jumps into action. So Swims awesome. over towards her. Lifts her up. Oh, full, Sokka. You saved me. And she's wearing me. full armor. That's too, true. Suki. Yeah. Like, Sokka goes to, like, take off his clothes so that he's not weighed down. And Suki's clothes are probably 100 pounds. Right. She just, like, jumps in and saves her. Yep. But yeah, I love that moment. She gives her a <laughs> oh, big old kiss on the cheek. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, uh, actually, it's uh, it's Suki. She's like, okay, you can let me drown now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but they, they succeed in this whirlpool. They slam the serpent's head on the side of the serpent's path. And they're Jesus. able to get away. Um, and they're clearly near the end of the path because they they exit the serpent's pass. They see the wall in the distance. Sokka's like, oh, it's got to be smooth sailing from here on out. And that's when a uh, pregnant lady goes into labor. <laughs> um, what an episode, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, and Katara says, you know, she's helped Grand Grand uh, before with this sort of thing. Sokka's like, what? Delivering Arctic seals? That's a bit different than... It's a baby. And I helped her deliver plenty of those as well. And I'm like, fuck yeah, Katara. 
Hell yeah. I really love that. And she's in the way she takes charge. Yeah. She's not nervous. Right. She's just like, tough. Build uh, yep. a tent. A big one. Yeah. I love that line. <laughs> right. We need an earth yeah. tent. A big one. Yep. And then she does. She just. <sighs> yeah. Um, and then while she's having her baby, we get a quick last touch with Jet and Zuko. And Jet approaches Zuko and says, as soon as I saw your scar, I knew exactly who you were. Zuko's like, oh, fuck. You're an outcast, just like me. Outcasts need to stick together. We're gonna, we, we have to watch each other's backs. And Zuko says, you know, I think I've found that being on your own isn't the best way to do things. And that makes sense at, in this moment in time for where Zuko's at. He's looking for allies to help him not have to live the way that he is has been living in his banished life. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Uh, so now this link is formed. It's not just like one little thing, you know, that happened that he just sort of helped out. With. There's a link here, and you can tell it's driven by Jet. Jet is like, and we I should love that work together yes. because Jet is. The most hateful against Fire Nation of any character yeah. we've met yet. Mm-hmm. And he's straight up being like, you should join my group. Right. It's so cool because yeah. that's it shows he us that their know. connection isn't about right. nations. Mm-hmm. Their connection is through and it shows Zuko. Yep. It's another one like because he's had now like four moments, you know, in Zuko alone in the episode with Iroh where mm-hmm. that he met the girl with the, her leg had a scar on it. Like he's constantly being reminded that like. This war is sucks. Yeah. And it's your dad that like is basically leading it right now, dude. Mm-hmm. And now Jet is like, man, fuck all these guys. You think so too. So you should join me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Well, uh, we go back. This woman has had her baby. Uh, <laughs> Sokka walks in to try and help right as the baby's like, you know, fully being born. I don't know the exact wording, but uh, he faints at the sight of it, which is just funny <laughs> Classic. to me. Aang is waiting outside and Katara comes out and says, Aang, you have to come and see this. And the smile that cracks on his face when he walks into the entrance of this tent. And he he begins to cry at the sight of this baby. I'll admit, oh, I might have leaked a couple waters oh, out of my eyeballs a little too. Yeah. And the way he says, you have made me hopeful again. And they say, that's what we'll name the baby. Hope. I don't know. It's, it's so c- kind of like cornbread, fucking cheesy. It's amazing. But dude, I love dude, it. Dude, because when you think about it, think about it like this. Yes, like maybe in... On planet Earth, mm. we know people named Hope, you know? Mm-hmm. In the Avatar The Last Airbender universe, everybody's right. name is, uh, like, uh, most of the people's names we've encountered so far are, uh, like, a Chinese sure. a Chinese name or Zhang an indigenous Zhang, name. Suki. Or, yeah. like, they really go for, um, when she says, like, I want our son or our daughter to have a unique name. Yeah. Hope really is in this universe. Yeah. Nobody is named Hope. Yeah. And when you think about it, who would ever name their kid Hope <laughs> during this war? Right. So yeah. this moment Ooh. is the first time that a baby is being born in an era of hope mm. in the last hundred years. Wow. It's like a New Ooh. Year's baby, but like this new year is the year of Avatar defeating the Fire Lord. Like they yeah. know him having hope gives them hope and yep. that's why they name their baby hope mm-hmm. not just it's more than just like our baby gave this guy hope so we should name her that it's like our baby might be like saving the world yeah <laughs> you know yeah this is oh it's it's such a 
breakthrough moment for Aang too to accept his emotions. I I think feel being able to feel such a powerful good emotion again helps him recognize his own despair and accept that and accept that he will be able to feel other things even while there's still this thing this big thing weighing on him there he is still someone who contains multitudes and is able to address his a feeling his feelings in a more mature way than he has been and so he he, he goes up to katara to oh, try and address how it. he how he treated her and says you know it I, reminds me of sokka's can, just yes coming to terms mm-hmm. with his emotions it's done so well i know i can now address how i feel and accept how i feel about appa and about you and it's a really beautiful it's a moment. really beautiful moment i th- i think i was having it's the first time he's telling her how he feels without him thinking this is a move right he's just telling her he yes. loves her but not like i want to date it's, you it's or not, I, I'm, I'm in love, love with, with it's you just, it's just no, like we are fan not fan it's like you i love are you. That's extremely what important to me like, yes you are as important to me as my best friend who has just been stolen like and then they share a hug that just makes me so oh, happy. Yeah, we get another embrace moment. This and it then feels another like a big culmination yes. in the ending of this episode, oh. which is one of the reasons I'm so fucking mad that they just combined the two episodes because you need that arc and then the final moment to like flip it. But we, we yeah, get this other uh, res- resolution moment of Sokka Suki and Suki. Leading. Suki approaches him and tries to say, you know, basically tries to apologize. Because she, yeah, she's been she like tried to kiss him for sure and it freaked him out. And... Sokka turned away. Like they were both going in for it, but Sokka and was she the one didn't who was know that away, the so... moon was the person right. he was referring to. So, uh, so you know, she goes up to apologize, and she's kind of you know she she's trying to explain herself, and Sokka just kisses her. I did notice Eva retract when he says the line "You talk too much." But I felt like it was kind of a tongue and like I get why that would be, you know, it's not a great thing to say it, to somebody, especially like to women yes. who are, you know, suppressed in in their voices and in conversation a lot. But it feels tongue in cheek coming from Sokka to me because I it think could, he's it, aware. The only difference that could have made it so much better would have been him say, "You're saying too much." Yes. Yes. Because she doesn't talk too much, but yes. like that's what he she means, doesn't. and we know right. that's what he means. Yep. And it almost, what's cool about it, too, is this would be a moment she would do to him. Right. He's the yes. one that's like that. That's and why... she would say that to him. She would totally be like, you talk yeah. too much. I feel like... I, but it feels I, like a flip of that. I, I seriously love it. even went back and uh, scrolled through, like, fast forward through to the end, end of the episode, The Warriors of Kiyoshi, to see if she had said to him, you talk too much. Because I feel like... It felt like it that, felt didn't it? felt like he was referencing her saying that to him. I don't think she has said that, so I think it's one of those things where, like, just modify it a little bit, and it would have been great. I agree. Um, yep. But Aang decides to go in and alone. And then the camera, huh. this is a great yeah. a great directing moment, too, because mm-hmm. they kiss, which is hard to animate, mm-hmm. and they animate it in a way that is not... Yes. It's, it's not going weird. Ah. It's very sweet. It's just, it's like, lips... Connecting, yes. like puzzle mm-hmm. pieces, you know? Mm-hmm. And they kiss twice, which I love. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't know why I love that. I love that he kissed her, and then... They kiss. They kissed again. <laughs> yeah. And then the camera on their second kiss pans up, mm-hmm. and we see 
what they've been getting to. Like right. we see the actual wall of Ba Sing Se, mm-hmm. and then we see Aang fly up the wall. And I forgot just how, so like this music that's building up while he's flying up the wall is cueing the fact that like, look how much wall there is. We're <laughs> yeah. going to be so right. safe. You know, yeah. it's like this amazing music right. because like, He's flying and flying and flying and flying. Mm-hmm. The wall is like a half a mile in the in the air. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he lands, and then this camera shift when he just like realizes, yep. "Holy shit!" The what drill. An There's ending. a drill. The Fire Nation has this weapon to be able to get through the wall, and Ang just says, "Appa's gonna have to wait." And it's just like when they find out. That that this uh, group has had their stuff stolen, and it's like, there's no question about it. We're going to be helping them through the Serpent's Pass. It's and like, that is why yeah. he is the Avatar, that's and that's his... Well, that's not why. That's what his role as the Avatar is yes. in this lifetime. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yep. You can tell now that like Kiyoshi and Roku, and those are the two that we've heard speak. Yeah. Every Avatar has like their role. Mm-hmm. Aang's role is very largely influenced by Katara, Mm. like in the episode Imprisoned. No, I will not turn my back on someone who needs me. Mm -hmm. I really think that that struck Mm. a chord with him and built him up as this, like, he won't either, you know? totally. And that's how they end the episode, us knowing now, okay, like, we had all of this really great stuff happen. We have another challenge to face, Mm -hmm. but Aang is emotionally prepared for it now. Mm -hmm. He's not going into this next episode all fucked up inside <laughs> right he's ready yep and the episode ends so yep. it's like a cliffhanger like oh shit but you're also like but he's ready <laughs> yeah totally and uh again uh i'm mad at you netflix for combining this episode because there's so much to talk about just in this first episode we're <laughs> we, we y- you can see we've we we're a little over our usual time though uh I, I hope you don't mind. Hopefully I mean, the listening. conversation was engaging uh, enough for yeah. you not to notice. You're, you're listening to I, this. Because we didn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I checked uh, <laughs> more than halfway through. We were like, oh, man. We're, yeah, okay. We've got a lot to say on this one. But uh, we still have to talk about Kid Moment of the Week. Kid Moment of the Week. Um, this is a segment of the show where we choose one moment from the episode we have just watched that exemplifies Kid uh, culture? I don't know kids uh kid kid mentality you know we uh the type of things that when you're a kid you laugh at yeah. and you're then when you're an adult you look down at your kid and warmly smile happy that he just <laughs> yeah. laughed at that joke yeah right that's what cute humor is Hell yeah right uh yeah i'm gonna go with uh after Sokka asks suki to like control the giant serpent monster he picks up momo and he tries to get please take oh. this humble sacrifice <laughs> he just holds momo up to the serpent i thought that was mine really was cabbage man oh cabbages Ooh, but i think offering because that it's so <laughs> like out of nowhere too yeah. like oh great serpent and it's like <laughs> yeah. it's even funnier when you consider like the fact that we've built this relationship with momo the whole <laughs> right. time like jesus Sokka, yeah. what the fuck you know you just went on you, you just like had a psychedelic experience together in the last episode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh are we giving it to that are we giving it to i'm giving it to momo? that i think i yeah i laughed harder at that for sure for sure 
Okay. Well, uh, there you have it. But runner-up, Cabbage Man. Cabbage Man, Because Cabbage Man always needs to be mentioned. <laughs> Honorable you know? mention for the Cabbage Man. Honorable mention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I think that's going to do us on this one. Um, you can follow us on any social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. All of those are at New Lens Pod. You can also uh, find us on our website, legendaryfar.com, where you can leave comments on any of these episodes. You can also check out our actual play, Dungeons & Dragons podcast, Legendary 4 Adventures. Space Vampires. Thank you, Gary. Um, and those will be streaming on, yeah, any, anywhere you find podcasts. I also wanted to point out, um, since the protests broke out about uh, George Floyd and uh the black lives matter movement has really taken off we've had a list of donation links in our in our just the descriptions of each episode we also have uh what we talk about in our intros and when the show starts if you want to just get right into the avatar but i just wanted to mention that i have shrunk down the list of donation links that we had that i was like slightly modifying but mostly keeping the same and like a huge list and I have just put a Linktree account for the Black Lives that uh, someone in the Black Lives Matter uh, movement organization has put up that has a long list of action steps and donation links and anti-racist resources. And so I highly encourage you to check that out. But we will also, every episode, I will be putting a different featured donation link in the bottom uh for something that i think you should check out and i will be uh donating for sure to each one of these that i'm posting on each different episode i think i'm going to switch it up every two episodes but um it's very sad that i feel like you know i can go through multiple different links to gofundmes for people's families uh that are you know constant new links for people who are continually being um you know, basically targeted and murdered by the police. If every single person that saw one of those GoFundMe pages just put a fucking dollar out, we would be a much better. We would be in a much better place. Yes, it's that simple. If you can't afford it, do what you can't afford. Share the links. Yes. You know. Yep. That's simple as that. Like, Absolutely. let your friends know that hey, there are things that you can be spending your money on that are more important than right. what you probably are spending your money on. Right. Especially now, there's nothing to fucking do. You've got all the money yeah. in the world. Yeah. So asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everyone's going through different ways. We acknowledge that, but uh, fuck you. <laughs> no, no, but but you should donate. Um, and you should also vote if you haven't. Uh, please make a plan to do that because uh, Did wow, you vote, Calvin. We're in live. Yes, actually, I got my I voted sticker uh, about a week nice. ago. I I got my absentee ballot in the mail. And even I dropped them off at a drop-off location in person. So, And we are voting as well within the next couple of days. We just got our ballots. So Hell yeah. there you go. Vote. 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 All right. Well, with Please. that, with all that said, we hope that you are happy and healthy of body and mind out there. And thank you again for listening. I'm Calvin. And I'm Gary. This has been a new lens. Images!